your Bibles this morning, if you will, to St. John chapter 3. St. John chapter 3, and I'm going to start reading in verse uh, 16. I know y'all are probably thinking, I know that scripture, heard it many, 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 many times, but I'm going to kind of minister this morning. And the title of my message this morning is God Loves People. God Loves People. And, uh, you know, I, I, I really tried to go a different route yesterday while I was doing all the stuff I was doing at the house, been gone for several days. And, and, uh, I was out there and I thought, man, I've got, I've got something to minister on. I, I thought I was going to, uh, I was going to minister on. He brought you out in order to bring you in. I was visiting, sit down last night and get geared up on that. And next thing you know, Lord says, I want you to change and do what I say do on this message this morning. And uh, because we got to understand, like Linda said earlier, the only thing we can take with us to heaven is souls. I mean, you're going to change garments. So you can, you're, you're going to go. You, you, listen, when you bury them people in that suit, they don't enter heaven in that suit. You go, you go b- dig them up. They, that suit's still in that casket. Huh? They got on a robe of righteousness and, and uh, blessed in God. And, and so we can take people with us. And if we're not people conscious and keep people minded, then we don't, we won't care if the world goes to hell. So we've got a desire to see people saved and changed because there's so many, so many different things going on in the world today. People dress crazy. They, they, uh, they, they got crazy hairdos and, and all such as that. And if we're not careful, instead of, uh, loving them and wanting to be saved, we judge them for what they look like. And we got to be careful at that. Anybody like to sit in the mall and watch people? You watch them say, what in the world possessed them to dress like that this morning when they got up? And they probably walked by you and said, wonder what in the world possessed them to dress like that when they got up. Huh? So we're, we're, we don't know what's going on in their mind. Only, only people's mind we know what's going on in is ours. And uh, one thing God told us not to do was judge people in the wrong manner. Because you judge people in the wrong manner, you're being judged by that same judgment. It's coming back on you. And so I want to talk about loving people and, and God loving people because listen to me, Jesus is coming back. I don't know if you believe, you, I know here at Word of Life you believe that. Or if you don't believe it, you ain't because you ain't heard it. And Jesus is coming back. And, uh, you know, uh, I heard somebody say the other days because people talk about the last days, the last days. Well, I, I don't think we're in the last days. I think we're in the last of the last of the last of the last days. I think we're in the final seconds and minutes of time. And uh, because I tell you what, the last days started 2,000 years ago because Paul talked about the last days. And so if it was the last days in 2,000 years ago, guess where we're at right now? We're at a very close time. People says, I've heard that all my life. Well, you're gonna, you need to be hearing it the rest of your life because one day there's going to be a rapture of the church. Jesus is coming back. And, and uh, I'm telling you, you got to be ready and prepared for it. In John 3.16, everybody knows this scripture by heart. If I ask any of y'all to quote it, you probably would. And I'm going to read this in the New Living Translation. It says, For this is how God loved the world. He gave His one and only Son, that everyone who believes in Him will not perish but have eternal life. God sent His Son into the world not to judge the world, but to save the world through Him. You know, we talk about uh, chapter 16. I, I learned that scripture many, many, many years ago. On uh, For God so loved the world, He gave His only begotten Son, whosoever believed in Him will not perish, but have everlasting life. When He's talking about the world, He's talking about the people. He's talking about the people. He's talking about you and me, your family, your loved ones, your friends. He's talking about He loved them so much. He didn't just love you. He loves everybody you know. And He loves everybody you don't know. 
Huh? And he loves them with the same intense love that he loved you. They just need to recognize it and know that. And then he goes on saying, verse 17, he says, For God did not send his son into the world to condemn the world, but that through him the world might be saved. Listen to me. If we're not careful, the church will be some of the greatest condemners in the world. Huh? And I'll just be honest with you. I've been one of those. So I'm not pointing fingers at nobody because I've definitely looked at people and judged them real quick by just what they look like, how they did, how they lived and such as that. And I tell you what, you've got to let God love through you. In fact, the Bible says in Romans 5, 5, the love of God has been poured into your heart by the Holy Ghost. And I'm telling you, that's the same love wherewith God loves you. He said, you are to love your neighbor as you love yourself and you are to also love them as God loves them. And so we're sitting here in John 3, 16, love those scriptures and such as that. But this is about how God loves you. Listen, he he paid such a mighty price for you and I and for the whole world. There's nobody walking the streets in the malls today or wherever they might be on the lake or wherever they are that God does not love. And the same price was paid for them that was paid for you. The blood of Jesus, the same price. And the thing about it is, people says, well, uh, why does God send people to hell? Listen, God don't send nobody to hell. In fact, he gave us a way out of that. And we just so happened to met that criteria and met Jesus Christ as our Savior and our Lord. And that word perish, he said, I don't want anybody to perish. Everybody say nobody. nobody. God don't want anybody to perish. So you can look at somebody and say, man, I know they're destined to hell. Well, if you think they're destined to hell, you're to do everything you can to reverse that. Huh? Listen, perish means this, to destroy fully, means to die. Did you know people that's walking on earth today, there's a lot of... Y'all know that show, uh, The Walking Dead? I wouldn't watch that for nothing. First of all, I don't want to think about it in my dreams. And the thing, the thing about it is, that's a very true deal, but not looking like they look. It's very true that everywhere you go, there's the walking dead. Everywhere you go, there's walking dead. You said, what do you mean walking dead? They're alive. No, they're, if they don't know Jesus Christ, they're dead while they live. Because the Bible says, told Adam and Eve, in the moment you eat of that true, uh, tree, you're going to die. Well, they lived 900 plus years longer, but the thing about it is they died the moment they ate that fruit. Why? Because they disobeyed God and they were separated from God. There's people that you know, family people that you know, friends that you know that are separated from God and they're the walking dead. If something happened and they fell over dead, they would go straight to hell. Huh? We don't. None of us want that, do we? I mean, you you shouldn't want that. Now, listen to me. Don't get mad at me this morning. You shouldn't want that for your worst enemy. Huh? You shouldn't want that for anybody. You are the one. You say, I want, no, Pastor, you're wrong. I want him to go to hell. No, you don't. Not down inside you, you don't. There's something inside of you that, that wants, that you want to see people's lives changed and helped. Amen. And so we got to understand we're in a position on this planet because you only get one shot at this. In other words, when you leave this earth, you don't get to make any more decisions concerning your destination. Once you die, it's it. If you go to hell, it's for eternity. If you go to heaven, it's for eternity, and there's no in-between spot. Come on now, to be absent from the uh, uh, from the body is to be present with the Lord. And if you're not present with the Lord, you're present with somebody else. 
Huh? We don't want to talk about down there. Huh? But it's still real. And so he said, God loved us so much, he don't want anyone to perish. Nobody to perish. Somebody shout, nobody. nobody. Look at, if you will, Second Peter. Second Peter. Second Peter 3. Verse 8. Who's up there? Kathy. I'm going to... We're going to look at a couple of translations on this. So in the New King James, it says this, But beloved, do not forget this one thing, that with the Lord one day is as a thousand years and a thousand years as a day. Don't seem like God pays a whole lot of attention to the time as we do. Huh? And it says this, The Lord is not slack concerning His promise, as some count slackness, but is long-suffering to usward, Toward, toward us, not willing that any should perish, but that all should come to repentance. It's not His promise as the Lord... Let me read that again. The Lord is not slack concerning His promise, as some count slackness, but is long-suffering toward us, not willing that any should perish, but that all should come to repentance. He literally, he's literally, he's, his promise of His return. Look at New Living Translation. Let's just read verse 9 in the New Living Translation. It says, The Lord isn't really being slow about His promise, as some people think. No, He is being patient for your sake. He does not want anyone to be destroyed, but wants everyone to repent. He's talking to people that was talking about, I've heard all, I've heard all my life that He's coming. He hadn't come yet. And they were always saying, well, where is the, where is the Lord? When, when is He coming? And all of a sudden, you know, you hear people say that all the time. You can have anybody tell you, well, we've heard that all our lives. Anybody ever heard that? We know Jesus is coming. And it kind of just uh, calluses their hearts over many times because they hear people saying, Jesus is coming, Jesus is coming, Jesus is coming, Jesus is coming. Well, we're closer now than ever. Huh? And he said, he's not slack or slow about that promise. He's just giving everybody an opportunity to be born again and get their hearts right because he don't want anybody to perish and be destroyed for eternity and live in hell. Isn't that a good God? I don't know if you know it or not. That's a good God. That's a, how many's got some family? You don't have to raise your hand, but how many's got some family members that need to make the, make the choice? How many's got friends that need to make the choice? How many's got some co-laborers or workers that needs to make the choice? How many just knows there's people walking on the streets that need, need to make a choice? And I'm telling you something, God loves those individuals, and many times He's, he's wooing us to go tell them about Him. And so he says, listen, I'm not slack concerning my promise of my return. I just don't want anybody to perish. Now, I'm going to tell you right now, there's going to be people that's going to perish. And it don't matter what we do, what we say, or how we handle it, there'll still be people that perish. But we still have an opportunity to save a lot of people from perishing. Amen? I mean, there's going to be hard-headed people. They ain't going to listen to nobody. Put it in the Message Bible, if you will, Kathy, of verse 9. In the Message Bible, it said, God isn't late with His promise as some measure lateness. He is restraining Himself on account of you, holding back the end because He doesn't want anyone lost. He's giving everyone space and time to change. He's giving everybody space and time to change. He won't... Listen, God loves people. Say it with me. God loves people. So we got to have that same compassion or that same passion for souls. Amen? In uh, the New Century Version, I don't think we have it up there, but this is what it says. 
It says the Lord is not slow in doing what he promised. The way some people understand uh, uh, slowness. But God is being patient with you. He does not want anyone to be lost, but he wants all people to change their hearts and their lives. He wants all people to change their hearts and their lives. So we see that Jesus is coming again, but he's waiting on something. He's waiting on the precious, the Bible says, the precious fruit of the earth. People are precious in God's sight. Amen? Look, if you will, to Luke chapter 15. Luke 15. Now, I'm going to start reading in verse in verse 1, and I'm going to... Uh, we're going to be in the New Living Translation, Kathy, and uh, listen to this. I want to spur us. That's a, that's a good word for Texas, isn't it? Spur us. Spur us on this morning. And spur us to know that, listen, God cares about everybody. And he loves everybody. And he's, in fact, the Bible says he's not even going to come back till all nations hear the gospel. Till, and that's been taking place everywhere. People's hearing the gospel all over the world. Did y'all know that? There's Muslims coming to Christ like by the millions coming to know Jesus Christ. And, and there's people coming out of religious, uh, uh, play, uh, things and, and all, and giving their hearts to Jesus. Why? Because this thing's about to wrap up, church. It's about to wrap up. So we need to do our part right here where God's placed us as a church. And I know other churches are doing this, but we, we just need to realize everybody, you look at somebody, you're say, I, you, you, our thought ought to be, I wonder if they're going to heaven. I wonder if they're going to heaven because I tell you what, we can make a difference. Amen. In verse one, it says tax collectors and other notorious sinners often came to listen to Jesus teach. Isn't that amazing? You say sinners go to church all the time. All the time, sinners, this, the lost come, did you know the lost goes to church many times? The lost go to church. And, uh, you say there, uh, he said sinners were there. Let me tell you what a, can I tell you what a sinner is? A sinner is someone who don't know Jesus. But once you get to know Jesus, you know what you become? How many knows what you become? Y'all can say it louder than that. That's the right answer. Once you get born again, you're now the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus. You're now a child of God. You now belong to the king. I mean, so many, there's so many Christians nowadays that even in, in addressing God, they will go to God and say, Lord, hear me, just this old sinner. Well, if that's your mentality, you need to get saved. Because God does not see, can I tell you this to help you? God does not see you a sinner if you are born again. He sees you washed in the blood of the Lamb. He sees you washed in the blood of the Lamb. Not an old sinner. A sinner is somebody that's separated from God. Now, you can make sin as being a born-again believer, but that don't make you a sinner. It just means you made a mistake, and you need to repent and ask God to forgive you. Can somebody help me a little bit? i tell you what, you need to understand repentance is a gift from God. That we get to repent. We get to say, I'm sorry, and wash that sin away. In fact, the Bible says it'll cleanse you from all unrighteousness. The blood of Jesus will. And so the sinners came to hear Jesus. Uh, you said, well, we don't want sinners around us. Listen to me. You don't need... You don't need... You're, all your acquaintances... I hope I say this without making people mad. You need to have acquaintances that know God. You need to have friends that know God and love God and serve God. 
Now, if all, if all you do is hang around sinners and such as that, that's good if you're ministering to them. But I'm telling you something, you'll find out that that the very thing that they're doing, the Bible says corrupt companions will, uh, evil companions will corrupt good morals. So what happens is if you're, all you're doing is hanging around the lost, then don't be surprised why you're living like that. Now you gotta minister to them. But I'm telling you something. You need godly friends. You need people who love Jesus. Can I, can you, can, can somebody at least say amen, owe me, help me, or Jesus? Huh? Glory to God. But sinners came to Jesus and to hear him teach. It said, this, notice what it said, this made the Pharisees and teachers of the religious law complain that he was associating with such sinful people, even eating with them. I mean, they gripped about Jesus eating with sinners and eating with law. Well, l- l- let me ask you, the very ones that were complaining about him were lost as they were. None of them Pharisees were saved. None of them Sadducees. None of them religious leaders were born again. None of them. They taught the law and such as that. In fact, Jesus told them one time, do what they say, but not what they do. Huh? So none of them were born again until Jesus shed his blood, died on the cross for them. And now, now they're saved. And listen, how are they ever going to know unless somebody tell them? In fact, that's what he says in Hebrews chapter 10. He said they can't know unless they hear, and they can't hear unless somebody tells them. So somebody's got to tell them about the love of God. And it goes on to say, so people, Jesus told them this story. If a man has a hundred sheep and one of them gets lost, uh, lost, what will he do? Won't he leave the 99 others in the wilderness and go and search for the one is, uh, that is lost until he finds it? And when he has found it, he will joyfully carry it home on his shoulders. When he arrives, he will call together his friends and neighbors saying, Rejoice with me because I have found my lost sheep. In the same way, there's more joy in heaven over one lost sinner who repents and returns to God than over 99 others who are righteous and haven't strayed away. Jesus said this. He said, I will go out of my way to find a lost person. I will go out of my way to find a, a sheep and bring them back into, or bring them into the household of God, into the fold of God. And listen, when I do, there's going to be rejoicing. I'm telling you, there is rejoicing. When somebody gets born again, it's not quiet in heaven, church. It's not quiet in heaven. It ought not be quiet on earth. That's why when somebody gets saved around here, we like to give our clap. We like to, uh, we like to applaud them and all such as this because if God does it, and I believe here's why. In heaven, if somebody gets born again, anybody got any, any family in heaven? Did you know your family in heaven knows if you're born again? You say, how do you know? Well, if they're uh, shouting in heaven, somebody had to let it be known. You think there are herald throughout heaven saying, uh, when Elijah got born again, said, listen, I, I don't know exactly what his full name is, stuff like this, but I call him Elijah, and uh, God knows him by Elijah, I'm sure. And uh, I'm telling you, when Elijah got born again, don't you know there was a herald stood up in heaven and said, Elijah, what his last name is, has just accepted Jesus as his Savior and his Lord. His name is now written in the Lamb's book of life. He has come into heaven. Glory to God. And all of heaven explodes in joy and rejoicing. Hallelujah. I guarantee you when they said Randy Ayers just got saved, some people said, what? <laughs> and I guarantee some of y'all were the same way when they called y'all's name out. They said, what? You, you serious? You're kidding, right? No, they really got saved. Jesus let us know how important that one was. 
That one person was, was so important, he would leave a hundred or ninety-nine and go find him and bring him back and then throw a party when he got him back home. Woo, glory to God. Wow, if you want to see a party song happen in heaven, go get somebody saved. Smith Wigglesworth made a decision. He said, God, don't ever let me go through a day without getting somebody saved, without leading somebody to Jesus. Don't ever let me go through a day without leading somebody to Jesus. What would happen if every born again believer had that purpose in their heart that I will not, I'm going to make an effort to get somebody saved every day of my life? Ooh, sucky now, man. Something, something will take place. You'll start having revival all over this nation. Huh? Because you know, really people don't want to go to hell. Really? I didn't. If you want to go to hell, we're going to cast something out of you. Huh? I tell you what, I remember when I, when I got born again, you know why I got born again? I didn't want to go to hell. I just flat out didn't want to go to hell. I'll just be honest with you. I didn't want to go to hell. So I got saved. I got born again. I had read this, this, this book on the rapture. I don't, it was called the rapture. Well, this is 30 something years ago. And I read that book. And I worked, was working offshore and I took that book. And I was reading that book. And I had already accepted Jesus Christ as my Savior and my Lord, but I didn't have that. You know, sometimes people get saved and they're not sure they're saved. I was sure I was saved, but when you read a book like that, you want to make sure, sure that you're saved. (laughs) You know what I'm saying? When you read a book like that, and I read that book on the rapture, and they start talking about people that got left after the rapture, and this one story got me to the point, I couldn't wait to get home. I worked 7 and 7. It was about the middle of the week, and I didn't think that week was going to ever end. And so it was talked about the rapture taking place and people, you know, the Bible says they'll have taken mark. Of the, y'all know the story if you read the book of Revelations. And they was threw people that wouldn't accept the mark of the beast and threw them in a pit of snakes. And I said, oh, no, oh, no, no, not me. No, no, no. And here's what my mind said. That's exactly where I'll put you if you miss it. I said, oh, I ain't going to miss it. I ain't going to miss it. I'm not going to miss this. Glory to God. So I went home and went back up front of the church and said, I just want to make sure, I want to make sure I'm confessing Jesus in any way I need to do it before me and the preacher and everybody else. I'm getting old. I'm saying, I knew I was saved. Something would happen. I don't want to be with Jesus. Jesus. But the thing about it is, all of a sudden I was thinking, good Lord, have mercy. I do not like steak, snakes. Uh, what is that? That song, I don't like spiders and snakes, and that ain't what it takes to love me. I guarantee you, stay away from me with a spider or a snake. <laughs> and so Jesus was very concerned about the one, so he went and got him. I'm not quite as brave as Sharon to go out there and chop a snake's head off with a spatula. A spatula. We're going to flip y'all's burgers with it next Sunday. <laughs> Somebody going to say, that tastes a little like a snake. <laughs> then she took a po- just a little old knife and cut a copperhead's head off. She's snake woman. She's snake woman. <laughs> That's her right back there. Watch that red-headed woman. <laughs> Watch her when you walk out the door. She's by the door. You'll be looking for a spatula in your hand or a knife. Verse 8, Jesus, now listen, Jesus is talking because they were complaining about him having sinners 
in his meeting because they were so self-righteous. Or suppose a woman has ten silver coins and loses one. Won't she light a lamp and sweep the entire house and search carefully until she finds it? And when she finds it, she will call her friends and neighbors and say, Rejoice with me because I have found my lost coin. In the same way, there's joy in the presence of God's angels when even one sinner repents. He's likening, listen, he's likening people to those coins. That when that one coin got lost, she lit her lamp. Let me tell you something. If you're going to see the lost saved, you're going to have to have your lamp lit. Because the Bible says we are the light of the world. That people are to see our good works and, and glorify our Father who is in heaven. She lit a lamp. Listen, if we're going to dispel darkness, we have to have our light on. Listen, that's exactly what she did. And when she found that lost coin, she searched for that lost coin till she found that lost coin. That coin was so valuable that she called her friends. And what did they do? They had another party. Listen, we hear a lot about partying when people get saved. Huh? Glory to God. And so she went and for the joy that uh, the, uh, there was a presence of angels, there was joy over that one sinner who repented. He's likening that lost coin to the sinners or people who need Jesus Christ to get born again. You know, you, let me tell you something. You are special. You were special before you got saved, and you're special today. People can say, well, God loves me because I'm His. Listen to me, God loved you before you was His. Before you were His. I know when I I, I went and preached in, in Spring Hill, Louisiana, and, and, and if, anybody know where Spring Hill, Louisiana is? You Was you from Spring Hill? Close there? I don't say how nobody finds Spring Hill, Louisiana. Man, if it wasn't for that phone with a GPS on it, I would, I would have never found it. And I sure wouldn't have got back to Shreveport, Louisiana after I left there at dark. And, uh, of course I go into church and, and I always pray, God, God, I want, I want the gifts of the Holy Ghost. I want, I want to, I want to help people when I go somewhere. And, and, uh, so I went, uh, in there and, and at the end of the service, as you, as you know, I go and the Holy Ghost start ministering, giving words to people and such as that. And, uh, there was a, there was a lady, I think two or three weeks ago, that her husband had been killed in a car wreck. And uh, he was killed. Uh, I don't know what was going on in his life, but he was killed. And uh, Jeff was supposed to preach for me that Wednesday night, but he couldn't come because of that accident that happened in his church. And he called and told me that he all he said was a guy got killed in a car accident and I've got to stay here. And that's all I told him. I didn't talk to nobody and see nobody, don't know nobody in this church. And so I'm after I get through and I looked at a lady in the congregation. I talked, I, got, I pointed to her and I had to walk out there because the lights was in my eyes. And I looked at her and I gave her a word from God. That was the woman that lost her husband. I had no earthly idea, but God did. I said, but God did. God knew that lady was hurting. He knew what was going on in her heart. And I don't know what all I told her, but I tell you what, somebody come up to me after the service was over and said, if people in this church does not know there's a God after that, they don't believe in God. He said, because you had no idea who that woman was. 
You had no idea what was going on in her life. But let me tell you something. I don't know what you're going through or what you're in, but God knows what you're going through, and He cares about you, and He loves you tremendously. In fact, the lady come up after and talked to me and uh, thanked me, was just crying uh, for giving her that word. Well, God knew where she was. I didn't know her for nothing. I walked up to another man. He was standing right on the front row. Young man, he wasn't very old at all. And I looked at him, and I said, I see chains falling off of you, and so many chains that fell off of you, but yet there's other chains that still too fall off of you. I had no idea. I turned around, prayed for him, walked off. Jeff told me afterwards he just got out of prison two weeks ago. Just got out of prison. I didn't know that. Had no earthly idea. I'm telling you something. When, when you know God loves you and he cares about you, well, he don't just love you and care about you. He cares about everybody you know. And he cares about everybody you don't know. And he said, i tell you what. Hey, well, there's a woman. She went out and swept the place. She looked for that coin. She found the coin. Listen, when we understand, listen to me. Listen to me. When we understand the value God puts on people, regardless of their race, regardless of their financial status, regardless of how they look, regardless of whether they're clean or not clean as far as drugs and such as that, when we understand the value God puts on them, then we'll start trying to reach them all rather than just some that we pick and choose. And this, amen. You ought to go ahead and give the Lord a, a big praise. Pastor Sam was talking about a pastor that he went and met, and he went and met this guy, and their church was going into these, uh, uh, these, these, these areas in their town where the poor was, and there was meeting and, 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 and t- ministering to them, and he come up to all them workers, he said, listen, don't go to that part of the town no more, go over to the rich area. Sam said, well, I told him he was an idiot, the pastor. He said, I just want you to know that church is no longer in existence today. I'm telling you something. We can't pick and choose who we want to see saved. We are to want them all saved. Amen. Shout, I want them all saved. Glory to God. All of them saved. Listen, they may not all come to this church, but they can all go to heaven. Amen. And notice this this last story I want to talk about, and I have so many I could go to. I, I, I have a lot written down. To illustrate the point further, Jesus told them this story. A man had two sons. The younger son told his father, I want my share of your estate now before you die. So his father divided, listen to this. So the father agreed to divide his wealth between his sons. He had two sons. A few days later, his younger son packed all his belongings and moved to a distant land. And there he wasted all his money in wild living. He just blew all his money, and he had a lot of money. This was a very wealthy man. He had a... How many know you can blow a lot of money in a short period of time? I know somebody that went through nearly a million dollars in a year. And it goes on to say, a few days later, his younger son packed, and of course he went and wasted, blew all his money. About the time his money ran out, A great famine swept over the land and he began to starve. He persuaded a local farmer to hire him and the man sent him into the fields to feed the pigs. For a Jewish man, that was horrible. The young man became so hungry that even the pods he was feeding, the pigs looked good to him, but no one gave him anything. No one gave him anything. How many knows he was in dire straits? He was in a mess. Done, uh, you go from uh, wealthy to a pauper over, uh, over whatever, how long it, it took, but it seemed like overnight, I'm sure. 
when he finally, listen to this, when he finally came to his senses, he said to himself, how many knows you might already talk to yourself sometimes? He said to himself, he said, uh, at home, even the hired servants have food enough to spare, and here I am dying of hunger. Uh, I will, here's what he said, I will go home to my father and say, Father, I have sinned against both heaven and you, and I am no longer worthy of being called your son. Please take me on, on as a hired servant. So he returned home to his father, and while he was still, listen to this, and so while he was still a long way off, his father saw him coming, filled with love and compassion, he ran to his son, embraced him, and kissed him. His son said to him, Father, I have sinned against both heaven and you, and I'm no longer worthy of being called your son. But notice what it said, his father said to the servants, quick, Bring the finest robe in the house and put it on him. Get a ring for his finger and sandals for his feet and kill the calf we have been fattening. We must celebrate with a feast. For this son of mine was dead and has now returned to life. He was lost, but now he is found. So the party began. You know, listen to this story. This is the picture of our heavenly father. Listen, he's not just, listen to me, he's not just, he's not just uh, concerned or loves the, the, the lost or the sinner that don't know God. He loves those who knew God and have turned away from God and went their own way and blew everything and everything that he had ever done for him took it uh, and just blew it and lost it. You'd think their father said, well, boys, I tell you what, shut the doors, lock it up, and if you see that boy coming down the street, you tell him to get off of my property. I tell you what, that's not how it happened at all. The Bible says the father was looking for him on a daily basis to come back, and he was looking for that young man, and when he saw him walking down the road, he didn't wait till him got to him. He took off to where he was. I'm telling you something. God loves people. And He loves you. I don't care what kind of mess you get into in your life. He wants to love you right back into His presence and right back in a right relationship with Him. Listen to me. When you, listen, when you're out doing crazy stuff and such as that, it don't change who you are. It may break your fellowship, but it don't change your relationship. You are still God's child. You still belong to Jesus. You still have Him. Listen to me. God loves, love that boy. His boy says, I just, I just, I just want to be your hired servant. Just, just make me a hired servant. I blew your money. I'm not worthy to be your son. God says, listen to me. It's not what you do or don't do that makes you worthy. It's what I did that made you worthy. It's what I did through my son, Jesus Christ, that makes you worthy. And I'm telling you something. When that boy come back, he said, get the best robe. You know what the best robe is? It's a robe of righteousness. He said, bring out the ring. You know what the ring it represented? Was the authority of that family. It represented the place and position of authority as a son. And he said, I want you to put that ring on his finger. He said, I want you to put sandals on your feet. They said, servants didn't wear sandals. And he said, I want to put sandals on your feet. In other words, I'm bringing you back in total restoration. Total restoration. And giving him back what he had lost. I'm telling, he said, now let's have a party. Yeah. Isn't it? We done looked at three parties taking place and it was over people that came back to God or was born again. The parties were taking place. Listen to me. God loves people. But there was a second son. The story didn't end right there. There's a second son. 
Let's just talk about him a minute. Gosh, I got to preach at least 15 more minutes. I can't let you out before 12. Y'all will think we'll have to do that every Sunday. So the party began. Let, let me just say this. Let me, let me read a scripture to first. Meanwhile, the older son was in the fields working. When he returned home, he heard music and dancing in the house. And he asked one of the servants what was going on, and he says, your brother's back. He was told, and your father has killed the fattened calf, and we're celebrating because of his safe return. You know, you'd almost think that boy would say, give me five. My brother's home. Glory to God. I've been worrying about him all these years. You know, they didn't have cell phones then. They didn't have Facebook. They didn't have all this stuff like that. He went to a far country. They had no earthly idea what. They probably didn't even know whether he was living, dead or alive. They probably had no idea. And he said, give me five. My brother's home. I can't wait to get to him. Glory to God. I want to go see my brother. Get, listen, get, saddle that donkey up, boy. We're going to the house. And let me tell you something. The picture of this older son's the picture of many church, people that sit in churches. Not this church. Just want you to know I, I, I'm not pointing fingers at nobody in this house. But I, 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 I should put up. They said they heard the he heard the music and dancing. They were cloggers, evidently. What do you call them? The 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 what? River dancers or something. They were clogging. They had them tap shoes on or something. He said, "My God, what's going on?" Not like I heard of horses in and out. He said, "Your brother's home. They killed a calf. We finna eat. They're dancing. They're singing. They're rejoicing. They're they're doing all these things." And I'm telling. Listen, what happened? The older brother was angry. He got mad. I said, he got mad. He was mad because he thought, well, here, anyway, let's read because he, the story kind of tells you why he was mad. He was angry and wouldn't go in. His father came out and begged him, but he replied, all these years I've slaved for you and never once refused to do a single thing you told me to do. And in all that time, you never gave me even one young goat for a feast with my friends. <laughs> Daddy. He took everything. Now, let, y'all remember the front of the story when he said he divided to them? He gave that older brother his inheritance too. He's sitting there with probably millions and millions of dollars, land, cattle, and everything else. He probably had a fatted calf. He didn't want to kill his. I want my daddy's. And so he's sitting there and he's saying, here's the problem, God, uh, Daddy, he, Father, we'd call him Daddy, I would if it was mine. But he said, here's the problem, Father. I, have, I didn't leave you. I stayed with you. I've slaved for you. I've worked for you. And you've done nothing for me. He said, you wouldn't give me a young goat for a feast with my friends. I'd be willing to bet you he never asked. You ask, you receive, right? He never asked. I guess he just, he, he was, I don't know, he sounds like probably somebody that was real tight, real stingy. 
because he probably had goats. He probably had cattle. If you divided your substance with them, you had cows if he had cows. You had goats if he had goats. You had, you had livestock. Am I right? Now listen to what he said. And when this son of yours comes back after squandering your money on prostitutes, you celebrate by killing the fattened calf. When this son of yours, he wouldn't even claim him as his brother. Let me tell you something. There's going to be people walking into this church that they're going to get saved and they're going to be your brother. They're going to be your sister. They're going to be your family. Am I t- are y'all listening to me? And you say, well, he's no part of my family. Honey, if he's washed in the blood, he's every bit of a part of the family of God as you are. Every bit. I said every bit. And I'm telling you, we are to pray for the drunkards to come in, the drug addicts to come in, the prostitutes to come in, the homosexuals to come in. We're to pray for them to come in. Go reach them on the street. If you don't, get them into church, and we'll see what God can do there. Amen. 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 And don't say, well, this that son of yours, I'll tell you what. Have you ever heard somebody say, well, if they go to heaven, I ain't going. (laughs) Or if they go to heaven, I won't have no fun in heaven. Well, honey, you better check and see if your name's even in the book. Because the Bible says you know you pass from death unto life because you love the brethren. That's how you know you're born again is because the love of God that's coming forth out of your... Did you realize the Bible says that Jesus was moved by compassion when he healed the sick and did all the things that he did? He was moved with compassion. Compassion is is pity. It's, it's sorrow. Love, sorrow, field. It, 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 I could read my d- d- the definition, but I'm not going to. Did you know every one of us is moved by compassion at some point in time in our lives. Have you ever seen somebody sitting uh, or somebody going through something in their life and you say, I feel sorry for them? You know what's moving in you? Compassion. You know compassion's moving in you? When you say, I feel sorry for them, you see somebody that's struggling, they've been uh, having some problems in their body, or they're sitting on the street corner stuff, and you said, I feel sorry for them people. Why? Compassion is working in you. The Bible says Jesus was moved by compassion. See, we have to let compassion move us towards the situation that God's trying to... Listen, God don't just want us feeling sorry for somebody. He wants us helping somebody. Right? Well, I don't know about that. Listen to me. I hope hope I'm... Am I helping? Are we getting anything out of this this morning? Listen to what his father told him. He said, his father said to him, Look, dear son, you have always stayed by me and everything I have, everything I have is yours. Everything I have is yours. That fattened calf, you could have had that fattened calf anytime you wanted it. It was yours. Listen, God wants us to realize that everything that he's provided in Christ is already ours. And it's not just for me. It's not just for Cedric. It's just not for uh, you, Celia. But it's for every single person. He said, everything I have is yours. Everything heaven has to offer is ours now. He said, everything I have is yours. We had to celebrate this happy day. For your brother was dead and has come back to life. He was lost, but now he's found. 
Did you know God's the same way with every sinner or every backslider that comes back to the kingdom of God? When they come back, God rejoices them. He rejoices over them. He appreciates them. God, listen, you don't have to raise your hand, but everybody in here knows people that are backslidden. Everybody in here knows people that are lost. And God loves them the same. I said He loves them the same. He don't love anybody. Listen, I stand in this pulpit week after week after week. I'm a pastor. I'm a minister. And there's nobody that's... I'm not loved any more than anybody, the ones that's not even in church today. God loves them all. If we're going to see the hand of God move, we have to be people conscious. We have to be soul conscious. He that wins souls is... Wise, the Bible says. I say all the time we're a soul winning church. A church that reaches souls. And we don't want to listen, just let me just say this, and I'm out, I'm out of time, and I got so many things. But let's don't, everybody is welcome in heaven. No matter who they are. Muslims are getting saved, like I said earlier, by the thousands and millions coming to know Jesus. There's people being born again coming out of... Uh, Jeff Spring was telling me that uh, he, 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 he was blessed with that church. Actually, they just turned it over to him. It's like a three and a half, four million dollar facility. And they just gave it to him. He's got a gym and all. He had, there's a, there was a price that was owed on it, but I think they told him, they said, listen to me, we're going to turn this church over to you and you pay a dollar a month for this church, for this facility until you can give the money that's, uh, uh, this, I think a, a, it's, it's a few th- thousand dollars, quite a few thousand. But he said, don't worry about it. We want to give this to you. And I go in there and I, I listen to Jeff and, and talking about his congregation, I was on Wednesday night, and they probably, what, he said they had 150 people there on Wednesday night. And this is in the boonies. This is a, I didn't, they, they were lost just trying to find it. But there's people sitting in there that just weeks earlier was homeless and sitting in parking lots, on drugs, living out of their car. And one young lady in particular, he, he told me about, she was in a, in a, in just living out in the parking lot of a, a in her car on drugs. She was a, she was a pretty young lady and, uh, just lost. And some of the people of their church went and took her in, picked her up, took her, and they, they literally, she got her heart right with God, saved and all such as that, completely turned. This was a nurse at one time. She was a nurse, had her nursing license. And they took him away from her. And anyway, but now she's, she sits in that church. She's at the altar praising and worshiping God. She got her license back. She went to work at a place making tons of money. God literally stored her because somebody went to her and pulled her out of that pit. Amen. Somebody pulled her out of that pit. And now she's in that church with her family worshiping and praising God. And he's got people all in his church just like that. Did you know there's people like that around here? There's people like that around here. You say, who do you want to come into this church, Pastor? We, who, who should we invite? Everybody you feel like inviting and God leads you to invite, invite them to this church. Amen. Well, what if, Pastor, what if they do this? Listen, we'll deal with that after they get here. 
We know how to handle things. Amen? We got Big Mike over in the corner. We can handle stuff. (laughs) Are you seeing what I'm saying this morning? God cares about people and He loves people. And as a church, we're to be doing everything we can to reach whoever we can reach. Amen? Amen? Now, this church won't be for everybody. Everybody won't come to this church. In fact, I'm going to tell you the one thing they told us at this minister's thing. They said people that come to this church have already made up their mind and the decision whether they'll ever come back within the first seven minutes. They will already decide whether they come back to this church before they ever hear the first song sang or before they ever hear the preacher preach. It's all in what they get from that parking lot into here. In the first seven minutes, they'll decide whether they'll ever be back to your church. Is that blow your, that blow, kind of blew my mind. At least let, let me preach once. <laughs> I want that first jab, you know, and I help them a little bit. Huh? And so there's, there's things to work on, but the thing about it is, is, is everybody won't come to this church. You can invite everybody to this church, but everybody won't come here. What we are to be excited is if they just get themselves in church Amen. and hear the word Amen. and hear the word. Because their life's important to God. Amen. Did that help anybody here this morning? It helped me. Praise God. Father, we love you so much. We thank you for your word. We thank you for your love. God, we're sitting here today because of your love. Because you cared for us. You didn't turn your back on us. You loved us with an unending love, an everlasting love. And we appreciate it so very, very much. I thank you, Father God, for what you've done in my life. And I know every person in this church is thanking you for what you've done in theirs. We love you so much.